As you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, your host. Today's guest is a special one. I met her when she was my customer during her first pregnancy. But before I introduce you to Lindsay Meltzer of Bright Bowls, I want to let you know that in a few weeks, I'll be kicking off my first ever small business marketing workshop, Just Get Started. Join the Dear Founder Facebook community for more info and for a little taste of all of the great information that I'll be sharing as I go live regularly in the Facebook group with short lessons and I take your questions. You can check out past Q&A sessions and tune in for the next one. The link is in the show notes or you can go to Dear Founder on Facebook to the Facebook group and request to join. It's free. And now I want to introduce you to today's guest, Lindsay Meltzer. Amazing mom of three, Lindsay started making smoothie bowls out of her house and selling them out of a cooler that she put on her porch for pickup. When she eventually had so many orders that she required a commercial kitchen, she decided to open up a retail location, but COVID had other plans for her. Despite her timeline being pushed back, Lindsay opened her store and Bright Bowls had lines around the corner on day one. She hasn't looked back. As a vegetarian from a young age, Lindsay began reading about food science, which eventually led to a vegetarian, gluten-free, and dairy-free diet. In the early 2000s, she lived in Southern California for college and throughout her early professional career, and it was there that she found fresh and healthy produce was at her fingertips. She also tried her first acai smoothie bowl, a convenient way for a busy girl on a complicated diet to grab a healthy, refreshing, hearty meal. In today's episode, we don't only talk about starting a business with a retail location or starting a business during a global pandemic, but we also talk about kindness, being your true self, and how giving back comes back to you tenfold. I promise your day will be brighter after you listen to this amazing conversation. Welcome to Dear Founder, Lindsay Meltzer. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm so excited that we're doing this. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. I know that you are so super busy right now, so I really appreciate it. Of course. No problem. First things first. I mean, I've known you for kind of a while now. I mean, obviously we met in Bucktown when you were coming to Bump Club and you know, when I moved out here, you, you know, you had kind of like told me a couple times that you were going to start this business and whatnot, but you are the epitome of someone who had a dream and you went for it. 
And you went for it during a time when things were wildly uncertain in the world. And there was obviously a lot of risk involved. But I want you to tell me first about your business, how it came to be, and how it got started. Um, because I think it's really important to note how you went from your like cooler business to your retail business. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it's cre- it's I really have to take a step back to really think about the whole story and how it started and how it came to fruition. But you know, ever since I was little, I've been eating in a different kind of way than the rest of my family or friends. I grew up in Highland Park. I was totally um, turned off by the idea of eating animals, but by the time I was nine years old and being a vegetarian at that time of in life at night in 1991 was not common in the North shore of Chicago. Um, my parents were very concerned about my health and my mom took me to see a nutritionist, which was, you know, kind of a life changing experience. She taught me that I could be incredibly healthy as a vegetarian, but I had to eat in a certain way and cover my bases. And that kind of turned me on to, a totally healthy lifestyle from the time I was nine years old. I was just very aware of what I was putting into my body. And I thought of food as fuel. And, you know, I obviously love the taste of food. I love food, but I also was very aware of what it was doing for my body. And I wanted to make sure that I was giving my body what it needed, but that was always my hobby. It was never what I thought I would, I never considered being a nutritionist or anything like that. I very much just, lived with that passion. Um, And then when I, you know, fast forward many years, I had my kids, I was working in nonprofit and I had my kids and I no longer worked in the office. I only worked for my family. Um, And I was able to really put in all of the effort to making sure that they were healthy because I had the time. I was able to create these healthy meals for them and, I got very creative. I'm kind of one of those people who like doesn't doesn't understand boredom. And I was constantly like trying to come up with new ideas of how more fun foods to eat and ways to cook them. And I came up with the, you know, I, I had had acai bowls back when I lived in California and I didn't think anyone was really doing it right out here. So I can't. No I, one was doing it right <laughs> No, I mean, everyone was adding like apple juice and things that have so much unnecessary sugar to them. And it wasn't, it was, it should have, they should just stick to smoothies, but I knew that it could be a meal and a really good meal that solved a lot of problems for people like had high protein and high fiber and tasted delicious. And I also, for my kids, I wanted to make it look really pretty. Like it couldn't be the smoothie bowl could, could look really ugly if you really think about it. So we, I had to be really creative on how to make it look pretty. And then, you know, I, this magical thing called Instagram happened and I just like threw a bowl up on Instagram one time and people were like, what is that? Where did you get it? How did you do that? And I was like, oh, people are really interested in what I'm doing. And by the time my youngest was at drop-off preschool. I'm like, let's try this. I'll make them out of my house. And if people wanted, want to place orders, 
Um, I'll just make it very easy for me. It has to work for me. I have three little kids and not, I mean, I'm still busy, not a lot of, not a whole lot of time on my hands. So I created, you know, one flavor a day. I, I sent out an email to anyone who wanted the menu and they had to place their orders on Venmo the night before by midnight and their bowl would be waiting for them in my Yeti on my front stoop the next day while I was like running back to pick up my kid from preschool. And it worked. It was crazy. Like not only was Instagram amazing for me, people were constantly posting pictures of the pretty food I was making, but Venmo turned out to be an incredible tool that I never considered. I wish I was smart enough to say that I had planned it, but people saw other people paying bright bowls for bowls on Venmo. And they were like, what is this thing that you keep spending money on? I need to know about it. So there's that it was, it was a social media tool that I never considered. Um, so by the time, you know, I remember Halloween specifically, cause there was a snowstorm that year. It was 2019 yeah. and I had 60 orders on Halloween during a snowstorm out of my house. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is working. And I, I, my husband and I were concerned. We're like, you know, I could get in trouble for doing this if it keep, if it's this big. So I had to shut it down and we either thought, okay, it's like shut down permanently or it's time to open up a brick and mortar. But how was I going to do that with three small kids? It didn't really make like a whole lot of sense. So, um, I fed, I fed a little information to my friend who's a realtor. And I was like, listen, if, if a space opens up, that's really affordable, that seems to be, you know, all I need is a parking lot and just and a place for a kitchen. And let's, I'll, I'll make it work. I just have to get out of my house and I have to be in a commercial kitchen. And this random spot, 777 Central Avenue in Highland Park opened up and I walked in. It I mean, I can't even describe how ugly it was when I walked in, but I just knew like, this is my spot. This is it. It feels right. We just have to change the floors, paint the walls and call it a day and put in a kitchen. Um, so we signed the lease in January of 2020, which was wild. Um, you know, obviously the world took a turn at that point and, there were, I was more, way more concerned about my kids at the time than my business and whether or not I was going to go through with it. But on the side, I was getting these private messages, these DMs from people saying, when are you opening? We can't wait. We need this in our lives. And I was like saying to my husband, I'm like, Matt, we got to, I got to do this. Were you still during the beginning of the pandemic, were you still fulfilling orders out of your home and in putting them in the Yeti cooler for people to come pick up? No, absolutely not. I stopped it in December. Um, and I, it was, it wasn't safe. I mean, if we can all take ourselves back to that time in the world, people were not leaving their homes. Like, do you remember seeing people yeah. walk outside? Like it was like, Oh my God, they're outside. Is it safe to be outside? It yeah. was weird. It was wacky. Um, so no, absolutely not. I was not doing that. However, I did do for Mother's Day in May that year when things started to calm down a little bit. I did a one day, um, and you know, this was I was already during doing the build out for my store. Um, but I was like, you deserve it, you've been through it. Let's a one day event out of my house. And I did it placed um 
I, I did a Mother's Day menu and I remember I made a thousand dollars that day. Um, and I was like, I just made a thousand dollars in like an hour. That was crazy. Like these people really want this. Um, and it just gave me even more momentum and enthusiasm for what I was already doing was building out my store and getting ready to open. So take us to the day that you opened the store and also maybe describe a little bit of what the, what the world looks like at that time. I mean, we're coming out of like the throes of the pandemic. Um, So take us to that day and kind of what happened next. It was crazy. I mean, I was here, you know, at the time they were, you know, only essential workers were working and, and, um, grocery stores, grocery store personnel and construction workers and restaurant workers were all back to were for the most part back to work. Um, and so, so it was, it was me here with my construction team and every day our, um, windows were, you know, covered in, in paper. And finally we pulled down the paper and we're like ready to go. And then we got notification that there was going to be a rally for black lives matter. And again, I don't know if you can take yourself back to this moment in time around the first week in June of 2020, but not only was there a pandemic, there were so many horrible things going around in the world in regards to Black Lives Matters. And, um, you know, I'm obviously 100% supportive of it. And we were, we, but, but there was a dangerous aspect to it. So now- right. I mean, downtown Chicago was being, you know, looted and, and it, was, it was very messy. And I, I know that a lot of the retailers out in the suburbs were very nervous about that trickling um, out to the suburbs. Exactly. So we were ready to open. However, we now had to board up our windows and hold off again. And this was the moment I almost cried. I didn't cry, but I almost cried. This is where I just felt like I am been holding my breath this whole time and we're about to go. And I just, it's crazy, but you know, you've got to roll with the punches. And what my husband has always said to me, and he's one of my biggest cheerleaders is, when these obstacles or challenges or other things come in your way that slow you down a little bit, stop and think that this isn't a roadblock. It's a, it's something, it's a challenge. It's, it's God or whoever, your higher power, whatever you believe in the universe challenging you. And how are you going to handle this? Well, the truth is Black Lives Matter was important. I believed in it. And I was like, this needs to happen. We're boarding up our windows. Okay. One more thing to get through. We've got through it. We took down the boards and we opened up the front doors. I also had my staff at the time, by the way, I've never run a restaurant. I had no idea what I was doing. This was, I was like literally taking my kitchen from my house and putting it in a storefront and just going rolling with the punches. And my staff at the time were these amazing poor college students who had their whole year taken away from them, who were, had been sitting on their couches for months, bored out of their mind, depressed, and they um, wanted something to do. And they were like, get me out of my house, give me a job, I'll do this. And they were so enthusiastic. They were so ready to make miracles happen with me. And I said to them, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let's just, we're all in this together. And they were 
amazing. They were all so intelligent. I mean, I was just so lucky. The pandemic was terrible, but it was, this was one of the beautiful things that came out of it, that I had these really smart, hardworking college students at my fingertips, ready to take this challenge on with me. We opened the front doors and oh my God, people, there were lines out the door. I was, I said to my staff, I'm like, I don't know if we're going to be totally empty and twiddling our fingers or if there's going to be a line around the block. (laughs) And it was a line around the block. It was crazy. I mean, the first week we, thank goodness I opened up a store next to Sunset Foods because we kept running out of food. I had no idea how how to order inventory or that we were going to be as busy as we were, but I kept running back to, back and forth to Sunset, grabbing more organic strawberries, more organic blueberries, more bananas. It was crazy. I mean, at one point we ran out of lids for our bowls and we literally had to saran wrap bowls for people because it was so wild. So needless to say, it was a success and it was worth all the crazy trouble of and stress of the pandemic to get through to open up the doors. It was amazing. Well, you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of yours. I'm a huge fan of Bright Bowls. And I am so proud of you. And I, I mean, every time you walk into your location, it is like a relief for the customer. It's like a bright spot in the day. And I, I, I remember those, I mean, I want to say those early days, like it was a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was, it was a year ago, um, but a little over a year ago. But what you brought to the community during that time is I think something that people will never forget. And one of the things that sticks out in my mind is when I came in, um, in the beginning were, were your playlists. And I remember sitting there outside and like the music was so great and the vibe was so awesome. And I remember you saying to me, Oh, well, it's my college. It's my college staff. They're amazing. Like they just want to make this place, you know, just, like such a, such a better place to be for everyone in the world right now. And I know, I know right now, um, it's been a bit of a challenge with staffing and and the the labor shortage that's going on. So I would love for you to kind of touch upon, you know, what's important to you when you hire people to staff your store and kind of how you're getting around this issue at the moment. I think a lot of people can benefit from hearing one that they're not alone. Um, I think there are a lot of people that feel very alone right now dealing with the labor shortage and also just hearing your from your experience. Yeah, with everything that we've been through, um, with all the, you know, anyone, any COVID scares or everything, this has been the biggest challenge, which is pretty crazy. Um, I, being a good person goes a very long way. And, you know, when I first started out in the professional world, there was a trend of like, this has changed so much, but there were like mean, intimidating men who are in charge at companies. And even you think about sports, like coaches were, are mean and intimidating. That's all changed a lot. Like being a nice person and a role model and someone that people can um, respect, I think really goes a long way. I, from, from the moment I hired my first person, this has been a family here and I have never seen any reason to work anywhere unless you're, it's rewarding for you in some way. Um, And 
I make sure of that with our family of staff. We've always respected each other. I, I don't let people talk behind each other's backs. It's, it's always been a very healthy atmosphere. It's also been a loving atmosphere. Like some, you know, people go through it sometimes and need support. And whether it's an emotional thing or a health thing, I have always played the role here of big sister or mother. I'd like to consider myself a big sister, but technically I could be most of their mother. <laughs> really sad. Um, but, you know, that's, we have a very caring, warm atmosphere. And I never believe in in being rude or intimidating as a boss. I always want to earn their respect. And um, it's kept me some really valuable employees for a very long time. As far as not being able, I mean, don't get me wrong, we are incredibly short-staffed right now. But um, the employees that I have who've stuck around are you know, they, they're in it with me and I know that they're not going anywhere. And if they were going somewhere, they would give me a lot of notice. Um, as far as not being able to find other staff, I have incredible, incredible network of friends who I have had very honest conversations with. And if, and how, and if they can help me, they've been able to, to come and help. One of my friends from high school who I was literally on pom-pom with in high school, um, just, she just got her food handler's license and, and now is working part-time here. I mean, I've reached out to people who I know and trust. And um, if they're able to, they come and help. I have had to shut, I have had to cut back my hours on Saturdays, which makes me, it, it has such a pit in my stomach because it, that's our busiest day of the week. And um, that's number one, where we make the most money. Number two, that's when so many of our customers are able to get here and they like look forward to their Saturdays and look forward to coming to Bright Bowls and to disappoint them sucks. I mean, it's just, there's no other word for it. It's really terrible. And I don't like it, but the fact of the matter is, I've been able to control so much in this wacky wild world that we've been in since we opened the front door. This is something that's out of my control. And I, I have to recognize that. I think people get stressed and depressed and get anxiety when they can't control things. And I think just understanding and recognizing that this is out of my control and there's nothing I can do except do our best for the hours that we are here then I'm okay. And we'll get through it just like we've gotten through everything else. Um, I think that I, I hope that customers, whether it's at restaurants or convenience stores or gas stations, wherever, understand that this is a problem right now and gives everyone a break for having a little bit of slower service or having a mistake here or there um, because it's just something that's out of all of our control and hopefully I really do feel like this will pass just like everything else. And we just have to do our best in the meantime. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite small business tools, Canva. This tool is like having a design pro in your back pocket. From social media assets to one sheeters and even video files, you can legit make anything on it. I've been using it for years and I don't know what I ever did without it. To get started with Canva, go to partner.canva.com slash dearfoundher today and check out more of my favorite tools on my Instagram at Lindsay Pinchuk. 
one of the things that I, I love about you is your positive attitude and just how you do really look at the bright side of everything. I mean, you walk the walk and talk the talk and you, you are truly the epitome of that. And one of the things that I love is that you live the life of your brand. You are your brand and your brand is you. And that radiates throughout any interaction you have with anyone. So I would, I would love to, for you to kind of talk about that and how you do that. And when I say that, like, I I want our listeners to know that not only is Lindsay, one of the nicest and kindest people and just wants you to have an amazing experience when you walk in the door of bright bowls, but she like you walk in and she's dressed like a rainbow. I mean, it literally goes down to like, the music that you're playing, the clothes that you're wearing, what's coming out of your mouth, your attitude. And it's really awesome. And I think that it, it is what sets you apart from so many other um, retail experiences. Thank you. That's like the nicest compliment I could ever get. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, my background is in nonprofit. I've always loved giving people the tools they need to better their lives in some way, shape or form. And that's always made me feel good at the end of the day. You know, it's really selfish at that. It just gives me such a good feeling to help people. And when the pandemic was happening um, and we were opening, I really felt like people needed us. People wanted a bright, happy place to be. And like the cherry on top is we're healthy. We actually make them feel better. And I've told all my staff, whenever they're training um, or, you know, even if they've had a hard day, I say, assume everyone who walks in their door in the door is having the worst day of their life. And we are the first person they're going to see, you know, as they're experiencing this. So whether they're in a bad mood or they're mean to us, I mean, there's always a line for that. But whether they're giving us an attitude or whatever, just assume they just had the worst morning or they're having the worst day and start from there. Um, And that's the attitude we take. I mean, we definitely, when we're training and we talk with our staff, we make a very big deal about the fact that we, we are a bright, happy atmosphere and we want people to come in and feel good and leave feeling even better. Our product literally makes you feel good. So that speaks for itself, but um yeah, I mean, the, our, our colors are bright. We have a smile on our face. If someone is sad or having a bad day here, we, you know, again, this goes back to sort of how we manage our staff. Like we are, everyone has a hard day. Everyone has a bad day. It's, it's not shut up and put a smile on your face. It's let's talk about it. Do you need a day off? Do you need to, how we are, are we going to get through this? And like, this is a safe place. It's a safe, happy place. And there's no reason to carry that stress around with you and fake it here. This is, you know, we want people to walk in here and feel the happiness and the positivity. And it's so nice that you do. So thank you. And you do. And I, I mean, I mean that, and I think, you know, as a customer too, that's, I love coming to your space. I love it. And I go out of my way to come to your space for that, for that reason. One, so I want to go back to a couple of things that you said when you were sharing your story with us, because I think that a lot of our listeners can benefit from some of the, the tools and just some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. But one of the common themes, there's a couple of common themes that I hear a lot when talking to entrepreneurs. But one of the things that you said that I hear all the time is, you know, 
the power of email, of Instagram, and you shared with Venmo, which I think is, that's such an amazing tip because I don't think a lot of people realize like how powerful Venmo is from a social standpoint that people can see what people are paying for if you don't turn it on private like me. Um, But um, I would love for you to share maybe some of those tools like outside of Instagram and email that have really gotten you through things and, and, and have helped you to grow your business. I mean, what has been the biggest catalyst for helping you to grow? You're, you're a small business, you run this on your own and you wear a lot of different hats. I know that. So what are some of the tools that help get you through your day to day? Yeah. I mean, I'll go just, just to go back to the powerful tool of Instagram for a second. We, we, people say like, do you, how much, what's your marketing budget? What's your advertising budget? Like we have spent almost $0 on that. I mean, we really, we create a beautiful product that's very Instagrammable. And when we, the first week that we opened, the customers spread the word for us. I mean, they took pictures of our bowls and they tagged us and we just retagged everything they did, which was amazing. I mean, I couldn't have, we went from like 200 followers to a thousand followers, I think in a month, it was crazy. Um, Just from that. And I know you've spoken a lot about don't just be on Instagram. Like it's, it's a social tool. It's not just, you don't just like go on and friend everyone. You go on and have conversations with people. It's real, real conversations, like being, have meaningful conversations. And I've formed relationships with people in within the industry or people who can help us on Instagram, people I've never met in person, people whose faces I've never seen just from having common interests and commenting on similar posts or having friends in common. It's really important to pay attention to those small things um, on, this, on this little thing called Instagram. But I take it back to old school for sure. I see the power in grassroots and, you know, I'm in a, my business is not a national business that can grow necessarily with 10,000 followers on Instagram. I'm targeting the towns around me right now. And I want people who are near us to understand who we are, our mission, what we do So um, one of the things about being a business in Highland Park is we get asked every single day to donate to different fundraisers and stuff like that. And it's really hard to draw the line. I have a very easy way to draw the line. I donate to the schools. I do school um, fun fundraisers, or you know, we see an opportunity where we don't even have to be asked necessarily. Like the first week of school, was it the first week or the first couple weeks of school this year? It was so hot. And these poor teachers at my kid's school, they don't have air conditioning. And we had a slow day here, which it tends to be the first week of school because everyone's getting used to their new schedule. But we were like, let's do it. We made smoothies for every teacher in the school and we dropped them off. And we did not ask for any of this, but like the school sent out a big newsletter saying thank you to Brightfuls. They made my kids told me they made an announcement on the loudspeaker that Brightfuls was dropped off for all the teachers. And, you know, just doing a nice thing that feels good for your local supporters is goes so far. And so many people, I even just someone that, like the other day says to me that was so nice of you to drop off those smoothies at 
Sherwood school. I'm like, oh, like two months ago. It was so long ago. You know what though? People don't realize I, 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 this, this also comes up so often in my conversations with people, Linz, that like people don't realize the power of giving back and that, and people don't realize that one, you feel so good doing it. Yeah. And you do it out of the goodness of your heart. It's not, you're not doing it to get anything, but because you're not doing it to get anything, it comes back to you tenfold. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's true. It's so, it's just like true good deeds. And, and like they being genuine and being yeah. kind. It just, it, it goes the distance, right? Like hundred percent. And people don't forget it. Like they might see your ad in a newspaper and a couple months later they'll forget it. But an, an act of kindness, people have a much harder time to, uh, to forget about. A hundred percent. Oh, I love that so much. And I think that is so important for business owners to hear and to understand, because I do think that there, are, I, I, I like what you said though, cause you can't give to, you can't give to everyone and everyone's going to ask. And I think it's really important to understand your limits and to make that conscious decision about how you're going to give back. Um, because it also, you know, you have to, you are in business and, and you have to recognize that you can't just give everything away for free. But I think that by understanding your limits, that really just sets the bar. It sets the bar for everything. Um, and one of the things that you just said that I love is that I love that you recognize the power of your community and the power of your audience and the power of word of mar- mouth marketing and that you don't need, you know, the vanity of 10,000 followers to grow your business. I mean, you know that you're a local business and you are growing leaps and bounds, but you're not hung up in, I need to have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram because you know that that's not going to translate to sales necessarily. Right. Exactly. Like we, so that's one of the, the constant arguments I'm having with my younger staff who are much better at Instagram than I will ever be. And they say, you know, you need to have like your, your feed needs to look a certain way. And they've taught me so much. I listen to them. They know what they're talking about. They know what the, the kid, the uh, kids, the young adults, their age are looking for. Um, so I'm, I'm all ears and listening. However, a lot of people, their age are looking for, you know, as many followers as they can get our posts and our feed directly translate to sales. So Instagram for us is a different tool than it is for, you know, like, a um, an influence. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I I mean, I, I love that you recognize that because I think as a business owner, you can get so hung up and bogged down by the notion of getting as many followers as possible. And oftentimes, you know, it, it doesn't, lead to your bottom line. And I, and as a business owner, I think it's so smart that you know and understand that while at the same time you're growing and you're looking to grow because you don't, you never know, right. You never know you, someone might approach you and say, I want to bring bright bowls to Texas. And you might say, okay, you know, you just, you never know, but I think it's important to understand where to put your time. Um, you know, because, and that leads me kind of to the next thing I wanted to ask you about is that, you know, you're running a retail space, but like many founders, and I think a lot of people don't know this, you are doing everything. And I know that, I know you have help, but like you are the kind of, you are the the captain of the ship that steers the finance. You steer the marketing, 
you steer the retail and you keep retail hours. So how do you find time to do all of the other things that come with running a business that has a retail space? I love what I do. And I, you know, I spoke to someone the other day and um, they're opening up a store and I said, oh, what's your history? Like, how did you get involved in this? And they didn't really have a story. They were just, it just seemed like they were like doing it because they knew the sales would be, they're doing it for the money. And I get that. Trust me, money's important. Money, we, we can't really do much without it. I totally get it. But if you love what you do, you'll be so much more successful at it. And I truly love what I do. I love being at my job and my kids see that. So they respect that I'm here. They respect I spend so many hours at a store. They're so proud of me. They tell their their friends, my mom owns Brightles. They tell their teacher, their teachers, like they're, they are my biggest champions. My husband is incredible. Um, if there wasn't this thing called COVID, I'm not sure I would even have been able to do all this because he usually left the house by 7.15 in the morning and was home by eight o'clock at night and worked in the city. He works out of our house now. And that's a very silver lining, right? Yeah, for me, I'm not sure he loves it. <laughs> he, you know, he is definitely around more to help. And he believes in me too. I have an incredible um, network of family and friends who are able to support me. And that's just, that's just my core family. My, you know, my, the grandparent, my husband's parents are around to help with my children. But I also have... I have, you know, I do have three young kids. They're very involved in sports and all of that. I make sure I have my, my kids are um, signed up for the same sports that my neighbors are signed up for so that I can get them into carpools. Um, I do everything I can to, it's, it's really crazy because I went from being a full-time stay-at-home mom, never asking, I never had a nanny or anything like that. I've never been able to ask anyone for help. And I feel like all I do now is ask people for help, but I'm getting really good at it. It's people are, people want to help you. You know, it's really nice It's to have friends and family. Um, the retail hours are not ideal for everyone that we carry, but they're ideal for me. And that's the only way I can do it. We open at eight o'clock in the morning and we close at 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm home after school. I get to see... I get to take my kids to basketball or see the night soccer games. And that's what makes my world go around. Staying open for, trust me, I've heard it a million times. You should be open late. People would come here for ice, come here instead of going and get ice cream. That's great. I'm not doing it. It's not for me. It's not going to be, it's, it doesn't work in my world. And then I would get burnt out and I wouldn't be happy anymore. So this is the way we have to do it um, for now. And when my kids grow up and take over the business, they can do it. They can work the later hours. Cream, but, uh, right? for, don't you think yeah, that, that's what they want? Don't you think, I was just going to ask you like, because you said something that I always, I always love to say is like, I think that also as female founders and as, and as an entrepreneur, the business owner, we often underestimate the power of asking for help. And 
I love that you just said that you're getting good at it because it's important. And it's not just for a business owner or a female founder. I mean, everyone needs to know when to ask for help. And I think so many people are ashamed and embarrassed to do it. I was definitely ashamed and embarrassed to do it as a stay-at-home mom. By the way, being a stay-at-home mom is the hardest job in the entire world. It really is like just messes with your mind and your body and your guilt, everything. It's crazy because you just are 100% involved in your children and your household and all of that. And being now having a job, you know, I did it for eight years. I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years. And now I work full-time. I don't work full-time. I have my own business. You Um, work all the time. You don't work full-time. No, I work all the time. Um, And... I was forced into being having to ask people for help. And it, thank God, because it's the greatest thing. And I wish I would have done it more. I, w- I don't know why I was so embarrassed to do it as a mom. I felt like maybe as a stay-at-home mom, I felt like maybe I it, it showed that like I couldn't do it. I was failing and I couldn't do it by myself. But my God, like life is so much, as much as I work now, life is easier for me. I have a break and my, my brain gets to think about other things other than just my children and my husband and my, and what we're eating for dinner and what we're making for lunch. And it's real. Now I get to think about what everyone else is eating. (laughs) Um, but it's just, it's actually easier. And, and it makes me it's mentally healthy for me. And I think I just see the world in a different way and asking for help is necessary and great. So in the beginning of our conversation, you said something that also a lot of entrepreneurs say, and it was, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. That's so common. So I'd love for you to kind of, you know, end this conversation on you. You had no idea where you were, what you were doing, but look how far you've come. And I want to say that because you have come so far and it's amazing, but I want you to share some of the things that you learned along the way to get you to where you are now, because for someone who had no idea what they were doing, you really have turned around a a really good situation. You've turned on a very good situation and you would never know. So. Thank you. It's crazy. Um, I was given advice at the beginning of this to do one thing each day to move the business forward. And this was, this started from the time I started out of my house. So even if it's create a logo, that's one thing you did today. Even if it's order pens and paper for your desk, that's one thing you did today. It's every day, just chant, like dedicates a moment to moving the business forward. One single thing you need to do every day. And I did that in the beginning. And even after we opened the doors every day, I was like, okay, one more thing, one more thing today I have to do. Um, I think being very honest about the fact that I am just, I was just a stay-at-home mom that created this business and and am opening it up in a brick and mortar shop and that I didn't know what I was doing really resonated with people. And I think that if there were mistakes that happened here or things weren't perfect in the beginning, which I'm sure there were, and I'm sure it wasn't, people were like, oh, she just did this. You know, she doesn't know what she's doing. She just said that to, she just made a story on social media saying that she has no idea what she's doing. And this is so crazy and cool that she's doing. So it turned from a possible person saying, 
oh, they 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 have no idea what they're doing. To haha, she has no idea what she's doing, and look what she's and look, she keeps trying. So I think just being honest and and not trying to be something I'm not has really helped me along the way. And you know, I have my staff. We, you know, mistakes are made every single day in any business. And my staff will stress out and they'll say, why don't you ever stress? Like, why don't you ever get so freaked out about things? And I just say like, why, what's going to happen? What's so terrible that's going to happen? Someone has to wait a few extra minutes for their bowl because we're short staffed or because it's taking us an extra minute. Say thank you for your patience and we'll, and smile and just remember it's not the end of the world. There are more important things to worry about and carry on. And having that attitude has worked. I mean, everyone feels it. Like you said, when you walk in here, it's, we, we don't seem stressed. We don't look stressed. We look happy and we're just going to ride that wave and keep going. And you asked, you know, you never know what's going to happen with my business. Like someone could come and offer us a franchise or something like that. We have been asked. We've been, we've, people come in all the time saying, oh, I would like to open up one of these in the city. We've had developers talk to us about opening up more locations, but we're just handling what we can handle at the moment. And while we can stay happy and calm and not lose track of who we are and what we're doing, and we're just going to see where it goes organically. And we just got to make sure that we're, we're not losing ourselves along the way. Lindsay, I love, love, love everything that you just said. And I cannot thank you enough for being here. I want everyone who's listening to know that you want to follow Bright Bowls on Instagram. It's at bright underscore bowls. We'll tag it in the notes of the show. And I also want everyone who's listening, who's in Chicago or on the North Shore or in the surrounding suburbs to please stop by and visit Bright Bowls. Lindsay, say the address again, please. 777 Central Avenue in Highland Park. I promise you, you are in for a treat. My kids beg to go there any chance they get, which is amazing because it's probably the only fruits and vegetables that they eat ever are from you. <laughs> Not fruits, but vegetables for sure. So um, there's a, there is a big bright spot in taking your kids to Bright Bowls. I will tell you that. Um, but Lindsay, thank you again. Seriously, I think that you have just shared so much important information with other business owners and founders and aspiring entrepreneurs that really can be taken along and applied to their own endeavors. And you are really such an inspiration for someone who had a dream and you went for it. And not only did you go for it and you're succeeding, you are so happy in doing it and it shows. And I just want you to know, I am so proud of you. That means so much. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be part of this and I'm so proud of you. I love what you're doing. And and following you very closely. Thank you. I told you that your day would be brighter with a little Lindsay Meltzer in it, and I know I wasn't wrong. Lindsay is amazing, and I am so proud of her for everything that she has achieved in such a short period of time and for doing it always with a smile on her face. I am telling you, if you are in the Chicago area, make sure to visit Bright Bowls. It's a staple in my house. My kids love it. And you will not be disappointed. But Lindsay had some awesome takeaways in today's episode. So I want to make sure that we go over them. Number one, a good person goes a long way. Being kind always matters, whether it's to your customers or to your employees. Number two, it's important to give 
people the tools to better their lives in some way, shape, or form. Number three, everyone has a hard day. It's important to create a safe, happy space for customers, but also for your employees so that they want to come to work. Number four, it's also important to give back, but you can't give to everyone. So you have to make a conscious decision of how you're going to give and where. You want to understand your limits with giving back. Number five, your community and your audience and word of mouth marketing is key to your success. You don't need 10,000 followers to grow your business. You really just need to be targeting your actual customers with the right messaging. Number six, love what you do. Know your why and your story, but don't always do it for the money. If you love what you do, you will be so much more successful at it. Number seven, it's okay to ask for help. People want to help you. They really do. You need to be asking for it. Asking for help is necessary. Number eight, what you do in your business has to work for you and it has to work in your world. Number nine, do one thing every single day to move the business forward. And I know that this is something that both Lindsay and I share when we tell other entrepreneurs one thing that they should be doing or something that they should be doing to help themselves with their business every single day. I was given this advice and I know Lindsay was too, but even if it's something small, you want to dedicate a moment to moving the business forward every single day. Number 10, be honest about who you are and why you're doing this. When you make mistakes, it resonates with people and it makes those mistakes that much more forgivable. Number 11, handle what you can handle in the moment so that you can stay happy and calm and see where your business goes organically. You don't want to lose yourself along the way. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for joining us on today's episode of Dear Founder. Make sure you follow Lindsay Pinchuk and Dear Founder on Instagram. You can also go to lindsaypinchuk.com slash freebie to download some of my tips, tools, and resources for starting a business and for managing the social media beast. Don't forget, join the Dear Founder Facebook community for more discussions to help propel your success. I go live regularly to share lessons and to answer your questions. Plus, that's where I'm going to be putting all of the information about my upcoming small business workshop, Just Get Started. We have some amazing guests coming up. Every conversation is just equally, if not better than the next. It's awesome. These women are amazing and I'm so excited for you to hear what we have coming your way. So make sure you want to make sure to subscribe to um, Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you know someone who wants to start their own business like Lindsay or has an idea or has a business already, text them this episode or post it in your Instagram. Make sure to tag me at Lindsay Pinchuk and I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. I'll be back next week with another episode of Tear Founder. 